Merry Christmas! You're listening to episode 58 of Alexa in Canada, the voice experience. She's got, She's skills. got skills. My name's Terry Fisher, and here's the deal. Voice technology is changing so fast, and I'm trying my best to keep up with it. I'm here to learn everything I can about Alexa, so you and I can figure her out, and so we can make our lives more organized, relaxed, stress-free, and even have some fun. Let's learn some skills. Hello, hello. Welcome to this week's podcast. If you are listening to this on the day it comes out, then Merry Christmas to you. I hope that you are having a wonderful time with your family and your friends. Today, I am featuring a podcast that I was actually a guest on, and this is an opportunity for me to play a recording for you, and I hope you'll enjoy it. Just before we get to that, there is a big, big conference coming up next month, and of course, it's the Alexa Conference being held in Chattanooga, Tennessee. You've heard me speak about it before, coming up really soon, just in about three weeks' time, January 15th to 17th. It's the worldwide gathering of Alexa developers and enthusiasts, and it's presented by voicefirst.fm. As usual, I've got the promo code on the website, and you can get that at alexaincanada.ca slash 58, and the promo code is... A-L-E-X-A in Canada. I'll be there. In fact, I'm going to be giving uh, a number of different talks. I'm going to be speaking about voice-first technology in healthcare. I'm going to be moderating another panel about voice-first technology. And I'm going to be giving a workshop to discuss how you can create a flash briefing. And I'm actually going to be experimenting with some live podcasts. So as I'm giving my talks, I'm going to be streaming uh, two of these live. The one that has to do with the voice first technology is going to be at voicefirsthealth.com slash live. And the one that has to do with how do you create a flash briefing is going to be at A-L-E-X-A in Canada dot C-A slash live. So I hope that you will tune in to those. I will have the dates and the times for those on those particular websites. Uh, needless to say, they will be happening in the January 15th to 17th window. Now, along the lines of flash briefings, I was recently interviewed on the podcast Design for Voice by Jeremy Wilkin, a fantastic podcast, by the way. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. Uh, and he had me come on to talk about flash briefings. And I thought it'd be a great opportunity. He was gracious enough to let me share his recording here on my podcast so that Uh, You can hear the recording as well, and if you are at all interested in flash briefings, I think that you will find this very valuable. Also, if you are not aware, I have recently launched a website called briefcast.fm where I highlight the very best flash briefings that are out there, and if you create a flash briefing or you know somebody that has created a flash briefing and it's truly a top-notch one and you want that stamp of approval to be part of the briefcast.fm network, then please reach out to me and uh, we'll, we'll have a discussion about that. I'd love to feature your flash briefing. Okay, so without any further ado, I want to uh, play you this recording from Jeremy Wilkin, fantastic uh, podcast. Check it out if you haven't had a chance to subscribe to his, and I hope you will enjoy this information about flash briefings. Welcome to Design for Voice podcast. Here's a quick highlight from today's episode. It is just such a huge opportunity right now. If you have a brand, if you have, like I said, a nonprofit organization, if you have a hobby and you want to share your passion and provide value to your audience, then this is the opportunity to really get in on something at the ground floor. 
Welcome to Design for Voice. I'm your host, Jeremy Wilkin, and today we're going to be talking about designing a flash briefing skill and why they might be interesting or important for your business or interests. Today, my guest is Dr. Terry Fisher, who is a physician and clinical assistant professor at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, Canada. He's an experienced keynote speaker, educator, consultant, and podcaster who has founded the host of the weekly Alexa in Canada podcast, the Voice First Health podcast, and runs the daily Voice in Canada flash briefing. Welcome, Terry, to the show. And why don't you give us a little bit of uh, information about how you got into podcasting and uh, the voice space in general? Great. Well, thanks, Jeremy, for having me on the show. It's a real pleasure to be here. Um, yeah, I have a little bit of a different background, I think, than most people in the voice for space. As you said, I'm a, I'm a physician, and uh, two of my other passions, in, a, in addition to medicine, are uh, technology and education. And just to dive into each of those just a little bit, I, I mean, I can remember going back into high school with my uh, fascination with technology. We're all familiar with the iPhone, and before the iPhone, I'm sure a lot of people can remember the Palm Pilot. Well, I my my interest in technology goes back even before then, when we had these little Casio type, uh, almost like tiny little uh, digital diaries. I think they were called, and you could flip them open and you could type in your your uh, your friend's phone numbers. And that's essentially what I was using it for. But throughout the years, I was really interested in technology and digital photography and web design and. Um, audio editing. And this was all really as, as a hobby for me because ultimately uh, I decided to go into medicine. Along the way, however, I also uh, picked up an education degree. I did a, a education before medical school and education has always been a real fascination of mine as well. And so throughout my career so far, I've looked for opportunities to combine these things, uh, medicine, education, technology, and it was just about a year ago now when I first became aware of voice technology. And I didn't know a lot about it. I was just hearing a little bit about it. But given my interest in, in like I said, in technology and education, I wanted to learn more about it and see how I could use it in medicine and teaching in helping people to be more productive with their lives. And the more I started to learn about voice technology, the, the more fascinated I got. And I decided, I'm in Canada, as you mentioned, um, I, I started looking for some resources here in Canada to learn more about this. And there really wasn't very much. And a lot of that really has to do with the fact that uh, up until just about a year ago now, Alexa wasn't even in Canada. I don't know if a lot of people realize that, but we've only had Alexa in Canada just about a year, not even a year yet. And uh, Google Assistant has only been in Canada about six to eight months longer than that. So when I was looking for resources for this, I couldn't find anything. And I decided, hey, this is a great opportunity to combine my interest in education, technology, and I launched my, my website, Alexa in Canada, along with the weekly podcast where I uh, really just talk about what's going on in the, in the technology scene and help people to learn a little bit more about different interesting things that are going on and how they can use this technology in their lives. As I got more involved with that... Uh, I started to learn more about the applications for voice technology in healthcare, and it just—it was a natural extension, given my medical background, that I also then started uh, my my website and podcast, Voice First Health, where I specifically uh, look at the the applications of voice first technology in healthcare. And along those lines, I'm also really interested in entrepreneurship and uh, and marketing. 
And the idea of having a flash briefing, which we're going to talk about more, um, was really, really exciting to me. And I started the daily uh, Voice in Canada flash briefing, where again, I give people little tips about voice technology and give people the latest news. And I've been very fortunate that ever since I launched that, my flash briefing has actually been the number one rated flash briefing in Canada. And it's been a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, but uh, I've had a great time. And like I said, these these areas have been able uh, to to allow me to bring my, my three major passions together. Awesome. Yeah, you've got three things going, three podcasts or well, two podcasts and a flash briefing. So that definitely sounds like uh, you've got your hands full to this. Um, Before we go too far with it, let's make sure we know the difference between a flash briefing and a podcast or uh, a news report, things like that. So can you give a little more information about what a flash briefing is specifically? So a flash briefing is a term that Amazon has given to a type of audio show that producers can create. And typically they're very short. So I like to use the word briefcast for these. There are definitely some similarities between podcasting and doing a flash briefing because you record a show just as we are. uh, And then you, you put it out to a host and people can subscribe to it through the RSS feed and people can listen to it and they can learn from you. The, The big difference, and this is where I think flash briefings have a big opportunity is the fact that they tend to be on a daily basis. They don't have to be on a daily basis, but they tend to be on a daily basis. And the the statistics show that people tend to listen to their flash briefings in the mornings. And what you can do is you can subscribe or you can select certain flash briefings that are of interest to you. And what's what's really neat about this is that these flash briefings often become part of a person's daily routine. And it's a way for the person creating the flash briefing to develop uh, a more intimate relationship with the person because they're, they're essentially listening to you every morning or every evening or whenever they happen to listen to the podcast or to the flash briefings. I even, I even mix them up sometimes myself. There's a lot of similar similarities, definitely. So typically, as I mentioned, they tend to be quite short. And, and you know, this is one of the tips actually that I give to people when they're doing a flash briefing is that I think they should be short because... There are flash briefings about news. You can get a weather flash briefing. You can get uh, technology flash briefings. You can get flash briefings just about about any interest that you have. And so people choose which flash briefings they want in their feed. And typically people will listen to a series of flash briefings. Now, the thing is, if flash briefings are getting longer, in my opinion, than five minutes and people are subscribing to three, four, five, six flash briefings – All of a sudden now you've got 30 minutes of audio that a person is listening to in the morning. Now, for me, I'm very busy in the mornings. That's pushing it in terms of the amount of time that I have available to listen to my audio in the morning. I want to get Mm -hmm. the relevant, the the important information out quickly. And so that's why I think that flash briefing should be about two minutes, three minutes max. And that way people can choose and pick which ones they want to listen to. And they can listen to, you know, five or six of them and have that done within 15, 20 minutes. Interesting. So, okay. You, you mentioned a couple of cool tidbits. I think they're really interesting. So people tend to listen to these in the morning. So that might also make a difference in how you want to think about doing a flash briefing because it's time of day, Uh, maybe not required, but of course people tend to use them in the morning. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's the length of time that people might be willing or able to listen. So that's also really important. Podcasts are very long formats 
usually. Uh, we do about 30 minutes in this show. I know a lot of other podcasts can go for an hour. Uh, like you said, that's that's too long unless you're in a car driving or something like that. Right. So when, when you want to think about doing a flash briefing, what would make sense? What are some examples or cases that you would say, this is a good use for flash briefing and perhaps maybe some situations where it doesn't fit? Yeah, that's a great question. So Flash brief. The way I the way I describe this when people ask me that question is, you know, I think flash briefings can be produced for almost any topic. The the, the trick is distilling down the vast information that there may be in a topic to really short little tidbits. So, you know, I think it's great for a business. I think it's great for nonprofit organizations. I think it's great for hobbyists. And so just, you know, I know you're interested in design, right? So if we just sort of, you know, brainstorm here, could you do a a flash briefing for design? Certainly you could have a, a design flash briefing that starts in the morning with a particular tip, a simple design tip. And each day you cover a new tip or something uh, newsworthy in the in the you know, in the design space. Uh, it could be something about strictly a hobby. So one of the things that I like to do in my free time is um, so I've got two kids and I coach hockey. I coach their ice hockey teams. And one of the things I thought of doing, unfortunately, I haven't found the time yet to do it, but is to create a flash briefing for amateur hockey coaches because there's a lot that goes into being a good coach in terms of drills that the kids have to do. Um, you know, how do you deal with discipline issues if a kid isn't listening? And these are great things that somebody could just, you know, let's subscribe to. And every morning they get a simple little tip. Maybe it's a new drill. Maybe it's, you know, I had this happen in the dressing room and this is how I dealt with that problem. Uh, and of course for your business, there's tons of opportunities there. So if you've got, um, I mean, we could, we could choose anything, but if you've got a business, uh, a technology business, you sell something, maybe you dive into, again, news things about new products that have come out. Hey, this is really cool. Or, uh, you know, this is a way that you can use this product. Um, so it really is uh, open to your imagination at this point. And the thing is, because this is so new, I, I like to use the term, this is the prime real estate of voice right now in terms of marketing, because there are so few flash briefings Currently, relative to the number of podcasts and certainly the number of blogs out there, uh, it's a huge, huge opportunity. There's a big white space right now in this area. All right. So I think I get you're saying there's a lot of opportunities. And I, I, I agree. There's a lot of opportunities. But it's also a little bit challenging for me to come up with a use case that uh, uh, I am ready and willing to go after and build all of the things that I might need because uh, it, it, it's a little intimidating to me to think about all of the work and the things I might have to learn in order to get going. So can you give me a little more insight into what are the tools that are available to me to get started? What kind of uh, design patterns would I be thinking about? And you mentioned most of them are daily. At at some point, I want to talk a little bit more about whether or not I have to do this daily because that can be a bit uh, overwhelming to think about doing 365 episodes throughout the year. So let's start with like, what are the tools and uh, what, what can I do with, with a flash briefing? Yeah. So there's, there's a number of things uh, you, you being a podcaster will be already familiar with a lot of the tools that are necessary for, for flash briefing. But essentially when I'm describing how you go about setting one up, I kind of go through about eight steps or so. And the first one we've already talked a little bit about is that decide, deciding on a topic is, is the first one and making sure that, um, you can come up with a topic. And like I said, there's there's so much you can speak about that it's, it really just takes a little bit of time to sit down, be a little bit creative, a little bit of brainstorming, and see what sort of things 
those, what, what sort of things you could talk about. The next step, in my opinion, is to actually just sit down and try recording an episode to see if you even like doing this sort of thing. Because as you said, uh, if you're going to do a flash briefing, uh, I think it's really important to be consistent and you, you have to enjoy it or it's not going to last because you're right. It is, it is a lot of work. So I would suggest sitting down and recording an episode. I personally, I have a Mac. I use GarageBand. Mm-hmm free, free, uh, free software. Um, you know, I know audacity, audacity is a, uh, is a popular one for PC users, but I don't think you need anything necessarily more expensive than that for me as sort of an amateur audio producer. I mean, sure you can go and you can get all the really fancy programs and you can do all that editing stuff that I don't know how to do. And I don't do that stuff. I do basic editing and I think it, it, it's just fine for, for, for my purposes. So the next step would be actually then to choose uh, a audio host. And again, you as a podcaster will be familiar with this. For people that aren't necessarily, basically you choose a service where you're going to upload your audio files. That's going to allow you to then have an, an RSS feed, a subscription feed. And then you will take that RSS feed from your host and you'll plug that into your Amazon skills kit where you are actually creating the the uh, flash briefing skill and just as an aside for people that aren't familiar with this as i said at the top i'm not a programmer i'm not a coder and i set this up all by myself it's very simple and in fact i went ahead and i created a a completely free tutorial on my website at createaflashbriefing.com that walks people through how to do this Um, and so that would be the next step you basically plug in your rss feed into the flash briefing skill Um, then you would essentially beta test it to make sure that everything's live you submit it to amazon for the certification that usually takes a few days um and then you are live and and you're set. The challenge then is staying on top of the recording, like you said. Right. And so, okay, the so technology, you don't need to be a coder. I can do this all through free tools that are available to me. And there's plenty also for Windows that uh, people can find. So I don't want to focus so much on the technology because I think that stuff is actually what gets easily captured out there in the interwebs about how to get started. What people don't necessarily talk a bit about is more about how do I do a good brand? How do I build a flash briefing that has meaningful content and experience for people? So what are some of the design choices that people make when they're trying to build a good flash briefing skill, such as do you have to have like an introduction brand? Uh, do you develop your own custom audio logos and, and sounds and things like that? Or do you just simply start recording and uh, play it out? So that that's a great question, Jeremy. Um, yes, those are all really important things to consider. So the first thing that I'll mention is that when you set up, when you set up a flash briefing, you have the option of doing recorded audio, uh, just as we're doing right now, or you can actually do text to speech. So you can type in your text and then the flash briefing, when it's played back, it'll be played back in Alexa's voice. Now, from a branding perspective, my personal opinion is that if you do the text to speech, that is going to have nowhere near the impact that having audio uh, audio uh, recorded uh, files is going to have. And f- for a number of reasons, one, Alexa's voice then just gets mixed in with everybody else that has Alexa's voice. There's no, uh, no identifying factors there. And when you do the audio branding, then you can certainly have some type of custom audio jingle or audio branding. And I know uh, you did a previous episode on audio branding. Uh, and I think that's so important because 
uh, you know, it starts off with a little jingle. The person knows who they're listening to. And I think that is so important in this world where we're going to voice first. And in fact, my little audio jingle at the beginning of my flash briefing, it's only a few seconds long. It might only be like three seconds or something like that, keeping in mind that the flash briefing itself is quite short. But it's enough that the person knows what they're listening to. And that little three-second segment is actually a part of my longer audio branding of my Alexa in Canada podcast. So I've created some consistency between my podcast and my flash briefing as well. Uh, and then, of course, of yeah, I wanted yeah, to just with, keep things consistent. With um, a lot of, if you think about news reports, there's a person who jumps in at the beginning and says, I am so-and-so with such and such news. And today we're going to talk about, you know, and th- there's this brief introduction that occurs. They simply say who they are, where they're from, and they go on with it. And you're basically doing the same thing, but you're adding maybe a little bit more finesse to it to give a, a, a as an audio logo or sound to it as well. That's correct. And what I've done as well, and this certainly isn't required, uh, and it does add a little, it does ex, it does add an extra step when I'm doing it. But I've got a, a music bed, so I've got some music that's playing behind what I'm speaking. Uh, and what I've done is, there's a little tip. If, if if somebody wants to go so far as to do this, I actually have different lengths of that music bed, and depending on how long I speak in my flash briefing. I then, you know, mute or unmute the the corresponding length of that music bed so that it fits with what I'm saying. And if mm-hmm. I go, if it doesn't match exactly, that's fine. I speak a little bit longer than the music bed or I speak a little bit shorter depending on which is the closest one so that I think it sounds good. But I think it adds a nice little professional touch when, uh, you know, I'm speaking and just in the background, you can hear this, my audio branding throughout the, throughout the flash briefing as well. Excellent. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So you tie these things together. These are subtle things that play to help give that additional piece of information. And I think about this in the morning, if I'm listening to a series of of flash briefings or news reports, whatever they might be, having that extra little bit of something might help trigger my attention if I happen to lose focus for a moment because I'm brushing my teeth or whatever I'm doing in the morning. Uh, So those little things help cue in the listener to, to which segment they're actually listening to. Yeah, absolutely. And when 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 you listen to a series of flash briefings, Alexa announces in her voice, you know, so for mine it'll say from Voice in Canada, and then it jumps into mine, and then and the next one will say from whatever, and then it jumps into it. But again, I think it's really nice that after Alexa says her little bit in her voice, it's nice to have that that you know that audio whatever you want to call it, the audio branding, audio jingle that catches the user's attention, and now and now really knows yes, I'm listening to Voice in Canada now. I'm listening to whatever it is. Yeah, in some ways, you you think of the same experience when you are being handed off from Alexa to your skill, if you're building a skill, that uh, you're going to have a similar experience where you want to establish a brand, you want to establish yourself separately from Alexa, uh, or Google or whatever brand uh, device you're on, in such a way that it's clear that you are taking over the reins, and that you should be reassuring that this is what they expected, hopefully, uh, things like that. Just so the same rules tend to apply here, it seems like, but you just design them a little bit differently because you're producing pre-made audio versus uh, an interactive skill. Yeah, no, I, I think, well, I think that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Cool. And um, yeah, I'll just leave that. Okay, so what about some other design choices can I make? Um, and, and what, 
actually, what level of, do I have any level of interactivity or do I have the ability to change the way things are presented or is it primarily just recorded audio that I share? Yeah, so um, when you are creating your flash briefing, you do have the option of uh, creating the skills card, as people may be familiar with, with, uh, with Alexa. So if you're on a, on a device that's multimodal, for example, the show, uh, you can see a little icon of your flash briefing. You can uh, have the title of your flash briefing. So depending on how you put in the title, it's going to appear a little bit differently. But one of the things that I think is really neat in terms of the interactivity is that you can choose to put in a, a URL. And when somebody then clicks on that URL from their uh, mobile phone or from their, their, uh, their video player, the show or the spot or that sort of thing, it can take you directly to a website or, or whatever URL you want to put in there. So this is great if you have a business, a brand, say you're talking about a particular product and then you say, if, you, if you're interested in learning more about that product, just click the URL. And boom, it's there. It's done. And it's a really nice way to do that. Or if you want to bring them to a particular blog post, you can do that. If you want to take them to your Instagram account, you can do that. So that is a really nice feature in such a way that you can then direct people from listening to your flash briefing and take them to a URL that you think is going to provide some more value to the person. Do you have any guess or general idea on how many people are clicking on those things or what's the take up rate on that? That's a great question, and I don't know that. It'd be nice if there were some analytics for that. I have not seen anything um, that tells me that. I suppose one way to get around that um, would be to use some type of URL uh, shortener skill, Bitly or something like that, that will track how many times it is used through that service. Um, But I haven't actually seen any data yet on how often those are being clicked. Great. And then also, I suppose there's other analytics provided by Alexa or Google or whoever about how many listens you're getting through the tool. Do you get information like that? You can get information on listeners. You can get information on unique users. Um, depending on your your audio host, you can also then use the analytics there, which actually I find more more valuable to be perfectly honest um, because that shows me graphs. It shows me graphs over time. Uh, it shows me what type of devices people are listening on. It shows me what countries they're listening in um, time of day they're listening. And so that's going to really depend on the host that you choose to use to host the audio files. Okay. That makes sense. And good to know that there's this analytic data because I think that makes a really important uh, feedback loop for your design process, knowing if you're getting a lot of folks from a certain geographical area, maybe you should try to host guests from that area more or something like this. So it's good to know that there's that data, but also to know who's got the data and maybe picking the right host is important there. Absolutely. And in fact, it's really interesting. Like I've seen my, my, uh, my flash briefing is called voice in Canada and it's been listened to in about 30 countries and um, actually, the United States is the number two country, and it, there's a lot of listeners in the United States. A lot of my stuff is, is applicable to all countries, um, but if there are any Canadian slants, then of course, I try to highlight that as well. So when we talk about the design of, of that segment uh, of the rec- – let's say we're going to go with the recording because I, I agree with you that TTS version is – 
suboptimal as far as branding and overall experience. I tend not to want to listen to Alexa reading for a long time. Um, it's it's just not the experience that I'm looking for. So what are any other design choices that I should make or avoid to make during that creation of that segment? Yeah. So I, I think first of all, uh, you know, a design choice and kind of getting back to one of your earlier questions that I didn't address specifically is, is the frequency. Um, you, you do have the option to choose to do it daily or you can do weekly you can you can even do hourly if you want if you are like a you know a big news corporation and you you have the resources to do that. You know it, it's it's hard to to know what what is the optimal time. I can tell you my personal uh, opinion on that. I think daily is the optimal amount of time or the uh, the optimal frequency because as, as I mentioned, you're starting to become part of this person's routine, and if they're going to be listening to their flash briefings every day. You want to be there every day. One of the biggest challenges with flash briefings and with podcasts, as I'm sure you're aware, is to be consistent. And I think that the if you can be consistent, then the audience that you have is starting to rely on you. They're starting to develop a relationship with you. And I think if you are there one day and then you're not there the next and you come in for a couple of days and then you're gone again, I don't think that's a great user experience. And Quite frankly, I think it sends the message to the listener that this person isn't quite as professional what they're doing, and I can't count on them. So I think whatever frequency you choose to do, I think it's really, really important to be able to, to stick with that. One of the things then, of course, is being able to come up with content, like we talked about, 365 days a year if you're going to go daily. And there's there's ways that you can do there are things that you can do to help you with that. One of them for example is I subscribe to Google News Alerts. And so I use my key phrases. I've got I think I've got Alexa, I've got Amazon, I've got Echo, and I put Canada in there for me. And every day I get an email sent to me that highlights the top news stories with those keywords in it. And I can go through those just very briefly and see which of these would be great topics to talk about on my flash briefing. And then I set up a, uh, I have a spreadsheet and I simply have, you know, the date running down the call down, down the left side and my episode number, a call with the episode number. And then I simply slot in interesting stories. So I'm always trying to stay ahead in terms of my uh, content and, and the pipeline so that I'm never struggling to come up with a topic when I sit down to record them. And I think that's really important, particularly if you're going to go daily flash briefings, because it's easy to get overwhelmed with the amount of content that you need to come up with. And I think having a clear process is, is extremely useful in that regard. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people realize the, the amount of work that goes into doing a podcast and the consistency and how that's very challenging. And that might be one of the things that detracts from people wanting to do it. It might scare them away. But on the flip side, you've batched things together. You do things in a process, as you say, to to make it so that you can keep up with it every day. And so it's more about just having good diligence and good planning than it is about uh, working every single day really hard to make sure this works. Because if you work smart, this will all fall in place consistently. And, you know, you're probably at least a few days ahead and you you probably recording a several batches so that you're not recording every single day. You do it, you know, in, in certain chunks. So uh, similar to with podcasting, you, you record an episode. It doesn't go live right away. You, you record two or three, you might have two or three ready to go so that uh, if you, 
if a guest drops out from underneath, you, you've got something to still fill in. So uh, having that consistency and planning is so important. But uh, before you start doing any of it, that's probably the first thing to figure out. Exactly. And so, uh, you know, just to kind of dive into that a little bit deeper, if I, if I sort of explain my spreadsheet, how I've got that, and you can, you can imagine, so I've got, like I said, the, the date down one column, I've got the episode number down the second column. In the third column, I'll actually highlight specific dates. So, you know, we're, when we're recording this, Halloween is just around the corner. So on the October 31st, in, the, in that third column, I'll actually write Halloween so that I can bring content into my flash briefing that is relevant for that day when I record it. So if there's specific events or specific holidays that I want to highlight, perhaps, you know, incorporate that, I put that in a column. In the next column, I actually have broad topics. So I have, you know, I, I slot in news, um, products, updates, uh, Alexa features, um, commands, uh, skill reviews, and so what I what I what I did essentially is I, I brainstorm a number of the subtopics that would that would appeal to my audience, and so I can slot those in, and I can make sure that I'm covering different things on different days. In the next column, that's where I actually put I just put in the title of what my flash briefing is going to be, which is really you know the topic of that particular one, um, and and like you said, I try to stay at least a week ahead. In terms of my uh, batch recording, I do tend to record about a week ahead. Sometimes I can get really disciplined and get two weeks ahead. Um, but at the same time, I also want to be flexible. If there is some really interesting news that just came out that I think my listeners want to know about, then I will jump in there and I'll record a particular episode to go live the next day. Uh, for example, you know, if Amazon launches uh, or if Amazon releases the fact they have a huge deal on a particular product. My audience, I know from feedback that my audience loves it when I give them a heads up that there's a great deal on a particular product. And those are sometimes very time sensitive. So those are ones that I have to be able to jump in there and tell them about this deal, uh, perhaps record it the night before. Uh, but having a system definitely, definitely takes some of the pressure off. All right. We're hitting our time. So we'll finally wrap things up with a key takeaway that you have from today. I think it kind of gets back to what I said, prime real estate of voice. You know, um, there are however many hundreds of thousands of, of uh, podcasts. I think the number is about 550,000 podcasts right now. And when you look at podcast episodes, I believe the number is about 20 million podcast episodes. And when you look at flash briefings right now, we're in the thousands. And it is just such a huge opportunity right now. If you have a brand, if you have, like I said, a nonprofit organization, if you have a hobby and you want to share your passion and provide value to your audience, then this is the opportunity to really get in on something at the ground floor. If you feel like you missed the opportunity with the latest, greatest, you know, social media platform, or you feel like you're too late with a blog or getting on YouTube or whatever, um, this is, this is, I believe, one of the uh, real opportunities right now in voice, and it's only going to get bigger. And I think people that are diving into it and staying consistent with it, they are going to see some, uh, some great interaction with their community. They're going to be able to provide excellent value to their community. And, um, and I think in turn, they're going to uh, become some thought leaders in whatever area it is that they, that they want to represent. Yeah, and I think it also follows that you're going to build a community, as you say. So that means you're probably not just doing a flash briefing in and of itself, but you're probably connecting it to something else that's existing. Not necessarily, but those who are going to be very successful in building a community will find ways to connect it to something that's already got uh, some sort of community around it. So I think that's a really good 
opportunity for lots of folks. And I'm, I'm curious to see what can happen. And maybe I'm going to start tinkering with it, but we'll see. Um, so this right. is the endpoint detection part of the show where we round things off before we end. But before we go, I have a couple questions that I ask most people. And I'd like to know if you've had a good or bad voice experience recently and, and what was it? So one that comes to mind uh, is actually a, an educational skill, a kid skill that I was playing around with with my kids. Uh, it's one of these type of choose your own adventure stories. It's actually called Kiwi Monsters, but it actually teaches uh, scientific principles during the course of the skill. And so it teaches things like uh, founder effect and uh, natural selection and that sort of stuff. But the kids are having fun interacting with it. I really like it because there's great sound effects in it. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And they don't even realize it, but they're learning scientific principles at the same time. So that was really interesting to me. It was a neat way to use education again and, and sound design uh, in, a, in a fun skill. There's so many good examples of that. It's hard to even find them all, but there's also uh, examples where they just haven't keyed into how kids work yet. So, you know, it's one of those really challenging areas to get really, really solid in that space. But once you do, the the experience is amazing for children. Yeah, uh, yeah totally agree. Do you, do you have any resources to recommend for people either learning design about voice or specifically podcasts or not podcasts or specifically about flash briefings? Um, yeah, well, thanks. Thanks for asking the, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I do have, um, two particular resources. One is a free tutorial on my website and you can access that directly at createaflashbriefing.com and it'll walk you through a little bit more detail uh, of what we've been talking about today. Um, and for those people that are interested in really diving into it and getting tons of detail, every, everything down to the last little click of where you need to click and, and how to set up hourly versus daily, weekly, and on top of that, how to market your uh, flash briefing once you get out there. I did create a course uh, which has about 50 videos on it, and that can be accessed at flashbriefingformula.com. All right. So how can people learn more about you and your work? So uh, probably the best places are to, we're talking about podcasts and flash briefings. Uh, you can check out my two different uh, blogs and podcasts. Uh, they are alexaincanada.ca. Uh, and I should mention, as I, as, I, as I alluded to earlier, there is some Canadian content, but I've got tons of listeners from the uh, United States and actually around the world now um, because most of it is relevant everywhere. It's just when there are particular Canadian elements, for example, features that aren't available in Canada, we, we talk a little bit about those, but there's lots that's relevant to, to everybody everywhere. Um, so alexaincanada.ca is one. If people have an interest in healthcare and voice, then the podcast and blog is voicefirsthealth.com. And my flash briefing, of course, can be reached at voiceincanada.ca. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Jeremy. It's a pleasure to, uh, to chat with you. And um, yeah, keep up the great work yourself. Uh, it's really exciting to hear and speak with people that are in the voice first space and you know, really taking advantage of the podcast and, and now flash briefings. So uh, thanks again, Jeremy. It's a pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. All of the show notes are available on designforvoice.com. And if you enjoyed the show, please rate it and subscribe with your favorite podcast player. There you go. Um, as I said right at the outset, if you enjoyed that episode and Jeremy's interview style, make sure you subscribe to his podcast because it's a good one. 
All right, I hope you found some value in that as well uh, and learned a little bit more about flash briefings. And if I can be of any assistance to you, as I mentioned in the episode, then uh, please feel free to reach out to me. Once again, I just want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. Uh, I hope that you have a very restful, peaceful, uh, enjoyable holiday season. And uh, next week on the podcast, it's going to be coming out on December 31st, and we're going to do a quick recap of some of the highlights of the Alexa in Canada podcast for this first full year that we have been doing this. Thank you, thank you, thank you to you, the listener, for your continued support. It means the world to me. This would be nothing if it weren't for you listening in and tuning in uh, and and providing your feedback to me uh, on a consistent basis. So thank you very much. Enjoy your week, and I look forward to speaking with you very soon. Take care. She's got, she's got skills. skills.